0: We have a king to love and a cause to serve. I love the King of Kings. And I love that man over there, Mitchell Alexander-Varlo, whom I married nearly 20 years ago. We're about to go on our 20-year anniversary second honeymoon. (laughs) Very excited. But I I haven't always been a good wife. That's right. I know it might shock you. (laughs) Haven't always been a good wife. I, for example... Um, One day, Mitch says, can you go to the shop and get some milk, please? Sure, hon, I'll go to the the shop and get some milk. I get in the car, go up to the shop, and on the way up, I have in my head, there's lots of other things I need to get. I need to get this and that and that. So as soon as I park, I I jot down those things in my phone, and, and I think I won't forget those. So go into the shop. I want you to imagine this with me. Come with me into Woolies. So I'm in the aisle, I'm starting to grab the items, when suddenly I bump into some friends. Ah, have a quick catch-up, have a chat. Well, we both need to go. And then I think, well, I better grab the last few items, pop them in my basket, and away I go. Go through the self-checkout. No, I do not want 500 Disney cards. I don't need any more this or that for the kids. I get out, go into the car, go all the way home, drive into the driveway, when suddenly my stomach sinks. I forgot the milk. Oh my goodness, the one thing that I was sent to get, I got everything else but the milk. I don't know if you've ever done anything like that, if you're as scattered brain as me, (laughs) but have you had that feeling where you feel like I've just really dropped the ball? I've been distracted from the original purpose that I was sent for. Well, God has always had an original purpose, a mission, the Missio Dei. Now, what is the Missio Dei? It's simply put, it's the mission of God in Latin. It's God's big plan, the Missio Dei. So I want us to have a look at God's big plan. And it starts with creation. Genesis 1 and 2, we read that God created the world. He spoke the world into existence, and boom, there it is. He created the the mountains, the animals, and he created mankind. He formed them and forged them and breathed life into them. And in the garden, he gave them work to do and he had relationship with them. He loved them and they loved him. It was beautiful. But then we come to the to chapters three. And we see the fall. And in the fall, we see Adam and Eve attempted, tempted. And they do the one thing they got asked not to do, to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And they decide they they just want to explore and they don't want to stick to God's God's guidelines. And they eat the fruit and they disobey God. And God says, if you do eat that, that fruit, then you will experience death but they did it anyway. And sure enough, the consequence comes and and in comes to the world, death and suffering and mourning and pain and tears and greed and inequality and brokenness and shame. Right through Genesis, it just gets worse and worse and generational until the Tower of Babel. When they think we're so good, we're going to build a tower all to ourselves. We're we're not focusing on the King of Kings. We're focusing on ourselves, our, our own success. And they build the Tower of Babel and God decides no he scatters them to all nations of the world now if we go ahead in God's big story to the to the last two chapters of the bible revelations 20 and 21 we see the new creation it's in heaven A new heaven and a new earth, Revelations 21. For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. This is the new creation, a new beginning, a new start. This is the end of God's big story. Well, between the fall and this new creation, there is a gap. There is a gap and something happened in the gap. Psalm 22 says, From the four corners of the earth, the peoples of the world will remember and return to Yahweh. Every nation will come and worship Him. For Yahweh is King of all, who takes charge of all the nations. The wealthy of this world will feast In fellowship with him right alongside the humble of heart, bowing down to the dust, forsaking their own souls. They will all come and worship this worthy king. People from all the corners of the globe who are scattered and separated from God will remember and return. How? How will this happen? How will every nation, tribe, people and tongue stand before the throne and before the Lamb? How will they get to the feast of fellowship with the King of Kings? Well, we read in Revelations 19 about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. So how? How did they get to this feast? And who invited them? Well, we can see on this slide there is a gap. There's a gap between the fall and the new creation. And I believe between that gap, there is a relay race called the Relay of redemption, the Missio Dei, the mission of God. It was started by God. He was the first one to hand the baton. It was started by God. And after the fall, after Babel, God sent somebody. God sent Abraham. Genesis 12, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonours you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Nations, the baton has started on the great race, the great relay of redemption The baton is handed from Abraham to Moses. We read in Acts 7, he was sent, Moses was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. In the relay race, runners have a goal. They have a mission. The baton is handed from one. This is going to be tight. The Americans are up front. Usain Bolt needs to produce the magic. They hand, they run strong, and they don't get distracted. They are focused. They know that while the baton is in their hand, they run and they run hard. While it's their turn, because pretty soon it will be somebody else's turn. The relay of redemption, the Missio Day. We all have a part of it. So the baton was passed from Abraham. The baton was passed to Moses, then to the prophets, to Samuel, to Jeremiah, to Isaiah. The baton was passed to kings and queens like David and Esther, to people like John the Baptist, when after John the Baptist, the baton was handed to Jesus. Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He said, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, But to do the will of Him who sent me. Each one of these were servants of God with an invitation in their hand to their generation, doing their part of the relay of redemption, each one delivering an invitation to the feast of all feasts, to the banquet of all banquets, to dine with the divine. The King of Kings in a place of freedom, the place of everlasting life where there is no tears or shame or pain. Jesus speaks of this mission of the King in Matthew 22. He tells a story of a wedding banquet. The King sends his servants with invitations. And these invitations are kind of like save the dates. So they go out, they save the dates, and all the preparations for this wedding are taking place. Then the time arrives. Everything is ready. Everything's ready for this wedding banquet. So the king sends out his servants. This is exciting because this is a royal wedding is a national event. Everybody loves a good royal wedding, hey? And you've got to think back then, this is the event of all events. This is the most amazing of occasions because they don't have they don't have TV, they don't have the movies, they don't have the Panthers playing. (laughs) Go the Mighty Panthers. This is the event you want to be at. Everybody should want to be here. So he sends the second round of invites. But the guests, sorry, he, he sends the invites, but the chosen guests refuse to come. They turn down the invite of a lifetime. So the king gives a second round of invites. He sent other servants to invite guests to the banquet. They're not concerned, though. They pay no attention. They ignore it. They make light of it. They're preoccupied with their own interests. And Luke tells the the version of the story that Jesus told in Luke 14 that these guests made excuses. They said, well, you know, I've just purchased land I've just purchased oxen. I've just gotten married. All these excuses. Well, those excuses are very familiar to us too. Possessions. I've just purchased something. Our possessions become our priority. The oxen. Well, work is a priority. It's like you got to work. Got to got to earn a living. Work is my priority. Relationships. I've got to focus on my family i got to focus on my, the love of my life. This is my focus. That, that excuse of, you know, I just got married, it was actually an amicable excuse if you were going off to war. Deuteronomy had a law that if you were going off to war, it was okay to have time off for a year. But relationship shouldn't be an excuse for the mission. In Matthew 22, verse 6, Others seized the servants, so they put them to death. Shamefully killed the servants. Talk about shoot the messenger. The king is angry, and there will be a judgment day when justice will be served. The feast is prepared, and those previously invited, it says, are not worthy. The king devises a plan to send servants to the thoroughfare, the highways and the byways where there are people leaving the city. He says, invite as many as you can, the the non-elites, the outcasts, the ordinary, the unlikely. The servants, they went out and they got together as many as they could find, good and bad. So the wedding feast was filled with guests. Now, who is Jesus telling this story to? he's telling it to Pharisees. And you see, the Pharisees are in the story. They are the ones who continually rejected the invitation over the years. In fact, they rejected the invitation by Jesus himself. But the tax collectors and the lepers and the prostitutes around, they didn't They didn't, they they said yes to the invitation. They were so excited about the invitation that they would be invited and that they were included in God's kingdom. There is joy feasting in a kingdom when you know you don't deserve it. One guest, Jesus tells the story, had no wedding garments on. Well, he had other garments on, so don't go there. It was kind of weird, though, because a king would actually pay two months of wages would go into an outfit that you would wear to an ancient wedding. And the king would actually provide the the wedding outfit. So that's kind of weird that this person wasn't wearing their, their wedding outfit that was paid for and given. You see, Jesus, he paid the cost for our robe of righteousness. He made us right in his sight. It's not whether you're good or bad that you get to come into the Feast of the Kingdom, it's if you are wearing your righteous royal robe that Jesus gave you. So the king asks, how did you get in without the appropriate garment? And the king says, tie him and throw him into the darkness outside where there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. He's not talking about outside the wedding banquet. He's talking about eternity. He's talking about a very real hell that Jesus often talked about a place of many tears and pain and sorrow and mourning. Jesus spoke about heaven, that heaven is real, a place of no tears, no pain. So who are you in the story? Have you accepted the invite? or Have you made excuses, distractions like work, possessions, relationships? Are you dressed in your royal robe of righteousness? Have you been sent with an invitation? An invitation to a wedding feast of eternity? Are you part of the relay of redemption? Are you part of the great relay? The disciples were sent with the baton in their hand. The great commission, the great commission. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus said to the disciples, said, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. This is about nations. God's Missio Dei. South African missiologist David Bosch said, mission is the very nature of God, the classic doctrine of the Missio Dei, as God the Father and the Son sending the Spirit is expanded to include yet another movement. Father, Son and Holy Spirit sending the church into the world. God has a co-mission for mankind and he has sent you. And that invitation it looks different for everyone. It looks different if you think about the invitation in the great relay of redemption. Abraham was sent to a new land. Moses was sent unwillingly at first to deliver people from oppression and exploitation. Elijah was sent to influence the course of international politics. Jeremiah was sent to proclaim God's word. Jesus came and he claimed the words of Isaiah that he was sent to preach the good news, to proclaim freedom and to give sight for the blind and to offer release from oppression. The disciples were sent to preach and demonstrate the delivering and healing power of God. The apostles, they were sent to make disciples, to baptise and teach. Paul and Barnabas were sent with famine relief. Later, they were sent for evangelism and church planting. Peter and John were sent to establish and disciple new believers. Titus was sent to ensure trustworthy and transparent financial administration of the mission. Apollos was sent as a skilled Bible teacher for church nurture. And Ananias was sent to pray for a Christian killing man named Saul. How about the women? Miriam was sent by God, the first recorded woman prophetess, saved her brother Moses and led the women of Israel to worship God. Tabora, sent as a judge, a leader in Israel who sought freedom for God's people. Esther, the courage to risk her own life to save God's people. Mary, a young woman who trusted God at all cost. The woman at the well who influenced a town, a whole town, the first day she was saved. (laughs) Anna, a widow and a prophetess who proclaimed the Redeemer was born. Priscilla, a wife and a businesswoman, evangelist who opened her home to a home church. Lydia, a businesswoman, funded the gospel ministry. Lois, a grandmother who influenced her grandson Timothy and his mother. Phoebe, a financial contributor and a deaconess in the church of Sandrea. There are so many unnamed men and women who have been part of the great relay. And this relay, it doesn't mean you need to be a superstar. In fact, you don't need to be a superstar of the faith, an Olympian of the faith. It's for everyone to be part of God's mission, co workers, to take the baton. And it's not just for certain people that get to be part of this, it's for everyone. You know, in here, there's an invitation, an invitation to all look different, to different things, but ultimately, we're inviting people to the great feast. In this invitation is something that's on your seat today. Everyone got one of these invitations to Choctoberfest. And whilst you might not have children, there are children in your neighbourhood. There are nieces and nephews. There are people that need to be invited to this house in three weeks' time for Choctoberfest, where they will hear the gospel and they'll be given a, a Bible in their hand. At the prime time when people are most open to the gospel, will we use the invitation We've got more invitations in the foyer. I pray that every invitation gets sent out through God's people and that we see this house full and we see the feast full in eternity of these children that will come to Choctoberfest. You see, when I was a child, a neighbour invited me and my sister to a kids' church, to a Sunday school. They took the baton and were part of my life and influenced me. When we moved to Australia... I started at Warrington Public School, there was a, a scripture teacher, Mrs. Lepke, who took the baton and influenced my life and put seeds of faith into me. When I was in high school, there were others that took the baton and they taught me that my friends there that were Christians, the teachers that were Christians, they had the baton and they put seeds of faith into my life. But I want to ask you, in the relay of redemption, who, is, who has planted seeds in your life? And who will you plant seeds in? Who will you give the great invitation to? Will you be part of the relay of redemption for someone else? From neighbours to nations, from Cranbrook to Cambodia, from Cambridge Park to the Congo, we can be part of it. Together we get to be part of this. I want to ask the team to come and join me, please. As connect groups... We're on mission together. Every connect group in our church is a lifeboat to the lost. And we are on mission together. The most thriving connect groups in this house are the ones who are outward focused, who are having outward focused barbecues once a month and and extending and doing things to care for the people in their world. We can't drop the baton. We must do this together. Amen. We must help people to know Jesus to find freedom, to discover their purpose and to be able to make a difference in the one life that they get given. Together as connect groups, together as families, we can reach out to deliver the gospel, to develop believers and to deploy disciples into this great harvest field. I want to encourage you, it's time to get out of the grandstand. Let's not be spectators in God's great mission mission of God, the Missio Dei. Let's be part of it together. And I'm just so grateful there are so many in this place that have taken the baton in your hand. And you are contributors and you are making a difference. You are sowing seeds in our, in our city and around the world. You are making a difference. You are making Jesus' last command your first priority. We see a church, we see young children right now in the kids' church that are being having a vision put into them to be global Christians, to be outward focused and, and young children that will take the baton. We see young people in our youth ministry that aren't just playing games and being entertained, but they are being equipped with a baton in their hand to pass it on to the next generation. Will you stand with me? I'd love to pray as a church together, a church family. Church, our goal isn't to win a race, but our goal is to win a world, to win a world for Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, King of Kings, we see the new creation. We see what you're going to do, Lord. And Lord, we pray that you would use us to get the invitations out. Lord, the great relay. Lord, we put our hands up. Our hands are open. If you want to raise your hands right now, raise your hands in this place. Lord, my hand is open. My hand is open. Send me. Pass me the baton. Lord, I repent of being distracted from the main objective at times. Lord, possessions and work and relationships. Lord, you are the priority and your mission is the priority. Lord, we recommit again. We recommit. Lord, I thank you that you've blessed us to be a blessing. I thank you for the difference that we get to make and have been making. Lord, we lift up the nations right now. Lord, those seeds that are being deposited right now in Mexico, in Cambodia, in the Middle East. Lord, we lift up Indonesia, Vietnam, all the nations that these invitations are being given out to, Lord. And we say, Lord, call those, call the lost, the broken, call those the outcasts. Lord, call them to yourself and may heaven's banquet be full. In Jesus' name, amen.